GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, businesses, and creators to learn and explore how to use Web3 to transform business models and build thriving communities. My name is Jay Bird, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Reedhead, and today we had Michael Robinson on the podcast with us. Michael is the product, a product manager at Chainlink Labs, where he is building their smart contract automation product. Kai, what did you think about today's episode? Yeah, great episode. You know, we get to explore his journey into Web three, and really his 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 journey to going to Chainlink was was pretty cool, and it represents like really what a doer is. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, we talked a lot about Chainlink, uh, which I had heard of. I mean, obviously, but didn't really grasp how big it was. So I think yeah. that was quite cool. Uh, and then. I think the meat and potatoes of this whole episode was this new concept with NFTs called dynamic NFTs. The use cases and the opportunities with this um, for everyone is just, it's pretty incredible. So that was exciting. We also learned about Kyle's first FOMO moment in, did. Uh, in crypto. That's <laughs> listen to that story. I didn't know that Kyle had FOMO moments, guys. Yeah, he he yeah. does. Guys, two in the yeah, morning. He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two in the morning, I think, when I did it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, you know, this is this is a banger of an episode. I think really focused on the real value of the space. This is Chainlink is something that everybody needs to know more about. It's funny. It's like that. I'm trying to think. It's like the company that you kind of know about, but you're like, what do they really do, and uh, how are they in the space? And then we have somebody from their their company on the podcast. We realize that they're one of the biggest Web three startups in the space, and they're focused on real utility and building actual value for businesses, like. Uh, hello web3 academy this is what we're talking about i love it <laughs> all right so before we get into the episode let's just take a quick second to hear from our sponsors the future of social media is here and that future lives in web3 on top of lens protocol web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption you see the epicenter of social media is the creators and yet they are the most neglected web2 platforms like facebook TikTok and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or their profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they are tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social, and that's why we've partnered with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today. Unlock Protocol is the NFT membership protocol for Web3. Content subscriptions, community access, event tickets are all forms of memberships, one of the most common business models for creators and entrepreneurs today. Building an NFT membership opens many new possibilities for your members. Everything from tailored multi-platform experiences to the ability to sell an unfinished subscription on secondary markets. These are things just not possible in Web2. However, in order for this business model to work, creators need NFTs which are time-bound or have built-in recurring payments. 
Unlock Protocol does this for your NFTs. Better yet, with a few simple steps, you can create your own NFT contract without code. What WordPress has done for websites, Unlock Protocol is doing for membership NFTs. If you're an NFT creator, you can't rely on royalties as they are likely going to zero. You need recurring revenue. You need Unlock. At Web3 Academy, we believe NFT memberships are the future of business and community. And that's why we decided to build on Unlock. Learn more at unlock-protocol.com. Today, we've got Michael Robinson from Chainlink joining us. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Jay and Kyle. Pleasure to be here. This is great. We, we are so excited to jump into uh, so, uh, everything Chainlink, uh, your story, your out hole story, so fascinating. Um, but I think we, you know, we've really been waiting to have somebody from Chainlink on, so it's, it's exciting for us to get you as our first first person from Chainlink on the show. Uh, let's start with your rabbit hole story. How, how did you first fall down the crypto or Web3 rabbit hole? Absolutely. So my crypto story was uh, pretty interesting. I think uh, I became interested, and to be completely honest, was from a Bitcoin meme. And uh, I saw a meme where someone just simply compared Bitcoin with regular uh, fiat currency. And there was a chart with uh, the comparisons between the two. And uh, I kid you not, it was, it was that meme of where there's the girls laughing, saying he, he doesn't know about Bitcoin. <laughs> and uh, that was enough. That was enough to get me saying, okay, what's, what's, what's Bitcoin. And um you know, I, I dug down the rabbit hole from there. I, but truth be told, that's what got me into this space. Um, so so memes, memes really create FOMO, is what yeah, you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't one of those academic types that read the white paper and, and went through that route. Um, that came much later. Um, it started from just, you know, uh, seeing that meme and then thinking, you know, what are the powers that this can potentially unlock? when we have a, a system where you can send tokens anywhere in the world uh, at any time um, uh, for any reason. And what are the powers that programmable money uh, could lead to, you know, what, having this platform, what's the potential in the future for that? That's kind of what got me most interested and excited in the space. Um, and then of course you go from Bitcoin to then Ethereum, um, which solves the uh, problems that, that come with building decentralized applications on top of blockchain. And uh, from Ethereum uh, to kind of the rest of the, the ecosystem. Um, and so that was kind of my introduction to, to crypto and, and blockchains and Web3. And, and I know you mentioned uh, with us before the show during prep, that it was really programmable money and smart contracts that sort of captured your attention. I think you, you mentioned you were in business school at the time. What was it about smart contracts that sort of made, made you say, have that aha moment? So I read a book, uh, Zero to One, it's called, by Peter Thiel. 
who's this uh, big investor, um, famous, uh, famous guy. And I think the, the zero to one concept is kind of these leaps in innovation where it's not like an incremental horizontal innovation. It's a, it's a massive leap. So as an example, the iPhone, um, Tesla, Uber, just these massive leaps in either technology or innovation that make an improvement to the way that everyone in the world operates. And to me, smart contracts were a zero to one innovation. So smart contracts and the kind of underlying technology of blockchains uh, were that opportunity to really, really make a, a massive leap forward and bring value to our entire uh, world, essentially. So, of course, starting with things like peer-to-peer payments, where Bitcoin mm-hmm. uh, became famous, but then moving on into more advanced applications, um, NFTs, and uh, we're kind of just seeing the possibility of, of smart contracts and blockchains uh, continue to be advanced and, and unlocked as uh, more people come into the space with more ideas and, you know, um, moving these forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this it was similar for both Kyle and I in that, yeah, we saw Bitcoin in the beginning and thought, oh, this is just great from an investment perspective and exciting. But it wasn't like, oh, it didn't it didn't necessarily push us into spending our our time and our careers on it. It wasn't until the business applications that came out of seeing Ethereum and seeing what the potential is of you know, building on top of this security layer. Oh, wow. Like, look what all these businesses can do. And look at all these business models this is going to enable. Very similar to sort of what got us excited in the beginning as well. I'm just curious, where do you think smart contracts are now versus where where do you see them five years from now? Where we are now is I think we're still in the sandbox. I think we're still experimenting with things like DeFi and uh, uh, parametric insurance and use cases that are, um, I guess, just more simplistic and and easier to build and and spin up and uh, use. But where I see the the real um, potential for Web3 and for applications is to uh, build more advanced smart contracts and building an advanced smart contract means you need additional infrastructure to do that. Um, and I think that's kind of what, uh, led me to, uh, Chainlink uh, and Chainlink labs is because, uh, Chainlink is on a mission to provide that platform for smart contract developers to build more advanced, uh, smart contracts so that, uh, you know, today where we have, let's just take applications where you can deposit tokens and take out a loan. Uh, in the future, we would have uh, five years, even more advanced applications that are inputting real world uh, data um, to do something on the blockchain and to provide some sort of benefit to the end user um, beyond just uh, depositing or, or swapping a token beyond just uh, purely trades and uh, speculation, 
but actually things that provide real tangible benefit to end users. Um, I think that's where in five years things will be. Um, and as uh, you, you know, we have cycles in the industry and I think by this next cycle, um, we're going to see some very interesting things um, come out and, and before as well. I think people are building now um, and over the next five years, uh, seeing applications just using real world data, solving real world problems in that zero to one uh, fashion is what I'm super excited for. Interesting. And I'm excited to dive more into what advanced smart contracts are, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I like but, that term. <laughs> yeah, me too. But before we do, I guess, I'm just curious, you know, you got psyched up about smart contracts. You're like, this is the cool thing. This is the the next, you know, zero to one, the next big leap. Um, and now you're at Chainlink. Connect the dots there. How did you get to Chainlink? Or like, how did that even, what did you do next when you learned about smart contracts? Did you just go buy some ETH and be like, sweet? Or did you like, like go run a chain link and like, Hey, I want to work here. I want to like, <laughs> figure this stuff out. Or like, did you learn to code or how did this all come in, into fruition? Yeah. So my intro um, into to web three and, and to chain link was actually through a hackathon. And it's something that I would highly recommend to anyone who's on the fence, who's interested in uh, web three blockchain. Uh, you just want to get involved go join a hackathon. There are tons of hackathons available right now. Um, most of them, almost all of them will be free to enter and have tons of prizes in both monetary value as well as like, courses and additional advanced learning packages. And most importantly, you're going to meet some really great people. So uh, my intro uh, was, you know, interested in, in, Bitcoin, interest in Ethereum, interest in all the various different uh, altcoins or other cryptos. And then decided to myself, well, I want to make a, a difference in the space. And how do I get involved um, rather than just, you know, um, putting in a resume, I went and built stuff. And uh, what's so cool with Web3 is we have all these new, even social medias like Discord and, and Telegram. So I went into it at Chainlink Hackathon, knowing zero people, um, mm. posting in a Discord, hey, I have an idea of how we could build something cool. Here it is. If you're interested, let me know. And ended up working with uh, a guy from uh, Mexico, a guy from uh, Southern US and Northern US, the four of us, nice. totally random strangers. <laughs> um, and we ended up building uh, some, some cool stuff. Um, we ended up winning some prizes and uh, was lucky enough to get the opportunity to, to interview with Jalen Labs as a result. But uh, yeah, that, that whole experience is how I really recommend uh, people to get deeper in the space. Um, obviously, uh, things like crypto Twitter and, and following uh, people like yourselves uh, are, are great ways to kind of stay up to tune with the industry. And then get in and, and just get your hands dirty and build stuff. That's what worked for me. I love the build. Build is the way to learn. Doing yeah. is the yeah, way to learn. That's why it's called mindset. the doer spotlight. The doer spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I also love, I was waiting for you to say, and the prize that I won was a chain links job. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> 
That's awesome. And I think that that's super common in the space, right? That that's, that's where a lot of the, the, the best web three companies are going to recruit, right? Because that's mm-hmm. where you find the doers. And so did you have a tech background? Were you a, a dev and were you going in as a dev or, cause I know you're in a product, product marketing, product manager role now. So did, or were you just going in as like, Hey, I have an idea and I'll find the devs. Cause I think one thing that a lot of, a lot of non-devs fear hackathons, right? Right. I was a non-dev. So I did mechanical engineering for my undergrad. Um, so I, I understand coding um, slightly on, on a beginner level, but I'd never built or deployed smart contracts or, or gotten into any sort of deep solidity coding or anything like that. And um, I just went in and, and like I said, just found some really great people. And I think, um, ideas that are, again, relevant to the everyday person um, or solve like real challenges that people are facing and use Web3 or use blockchain are what people are interested in. Um, so um, the ideas that I proposed for the hackathon was uh, using smart contracts for a parametric uh, shipping insurance. This is right around the time of the Suez Canal crisis. I don't know if you recall, but uh, rather than depending on centralized insurance agencies to pay out insurance, you could write that in a smart contract. And if the water level or if there's a blockage in shipping, immediately executes and you're paid your your payout. Um, so that was the idea that I proposed. And as a non-technical found developers um, that were really just great people. We formed a group and yeah, ended up pulling together some stuff really cool. Can you find parametric for us? I do not know that word. (laughs) Yeah, so parametric um, essentially is, um, and if this, then that. So Uh, um, an insurance (laughs) based on a parameter is, is essentially what it is. So let's just say you have a hurricane insurance the parameter could be wind speeds greater than X miles per hour. And if the wind speeds surpass X miles per hour, that's classified as a category, whatever hurricane, you're paid out insurance because we assume you'll hmm. have damage. Wow. Very interesting. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember when I, when I first learned about Chainlink, this is the, one of the, the ones that I'd heard about that Chainlink could enable. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow, this is super cool. I didn't really completely get it at the time. Um, this was like, I don't know, I think three years ago now when I first heard about Chainlink. And I actually saw a video on YouTube of some, I don't even know who it was, crypto influencer who was like, Chainlink's going to go to the moon. It's the next ETH. It's the next Bitcoin or whatever. <laughs> and so that was my, and I, and I bought that night. I fumbled in. This is the first time I ever fumbled into any token ever. <laughs> and that's nice. how I learned about, that's how I learned about Chainlink. And then the next morning I woke up, I was like, what did I just do? I don't even know what that was. And I sold it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, long story to ask, can you give us a walkthrough of like what Chainlink actually is? Cause I feel like you guys are doing so much uh, and have built up so much. Maybe you can give us sort of the like, high level, like who is Chainlink and what's going on over there? So that absolutely. others don't pull in like I did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Chainlink, um, I, I kind of like to explain going through. So we have Bitcoin, which initially solved, uh, you know, the, the problems with uh, 
peer-to-peer um, uh, -peer transactions. You can use Bitcoin to send coins anywhere in the world at any time on a uh, distributed ledger. Um, then we had Ethereum, where Ethereum then enabled dApps to build on top of it. Um, and we saw amazing uh, innovation there. And blockchains and, and layer ones and layer twos and, and the underlying technology of blockchains is incredible. Um, but they do have a fundamental uh, problem. And that is that blockchains can't connect to things outside of the blockchain, um, such as real world data or uh, compute or even connect to other blockchains. So we need a way to essentially connect uh, uh, smart contracts to data uh, and in a sense, level up uh, smart contracts and dApps. Um, so the solution to that is Chainlink. Um, Chainlink connects smart contracts uh, on any blockchain with real world data, uh, services, other blockchains, randomness, and more. Um, the, and what's uh, great about that is that what Chainlink enables is, like we were mentioning earlier, hybrid or advanced smart contracts. So smart contracts that can actually connect to real-world data. Um, smart contracts that are automated. Um, smart contracts that... Uh, can use uh, actual verifiable randomness. All of these different use cases um, are enabled by Chainlink. Uh, and that's what I'm super excited to be helping contribute to. And um, that's what uh, I'm super passionate about in this space. It sounds like Chainlink is like the Zapier or the Zapier, I didn't never know how to say it, of, uh, of blockchain and of Web3. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the right the right comparison. Uh, tell us just a bit about how big is Chainlink? How many people are working on there? Can you give us any sort of high level view of the the ecosystem? I know that there's. I mean, I was on the website and there's multiple products and services that you guys are working on, uh, and I know that you're at Chainlink Labs. How does Chainlink Labs fit into the whole ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. So. Chainlink, uh, the protocol, uh, we have an ecosystem now of over 1,500 projects that have integrated either one or multiple of our uh, technologies. And our, our technologies uh, in market right now are, we're most well known for our data feeds, um, data feeds and price feeds. So what is that? Well, that is uh, the price of, for example, Ethereum versus US dollars. Hmm. Um, to actually get that price uh, on a blockchain, um, uh, it goes back to the problem I mentioned earlier, blockchains not being able to communicate with real world data. Chainlink solves for that. So Chainlink allows smart contracts to see the price of uh, Ethereum hmm. versus USD or see the temperature in Whistler or uh, you know, see various different uh, pieces of real world data to then do whatever they want with. Um, so yeah, um, that is kind of uh, Chainlink uh, and the ecosystem continues to grow. Um, Chainlink Labs, um, the team building Chainlink 
um, is several hundred people at this point, um, continuing to, to grow. And um, yeah, it's just been a real pleasure being a part of um, this, this mission and vision, um, which is to enable uh, even more innovation, even more dApps, uh, advanced smart contracts in the space. Um, and yeah, in terms of the, the products I'd mentioned, data feeds. Um, in addition, we have uh, verifiable randomness uh, for smart contracts, which is a whole other problem uh, that I could get into speaking quite a bit about. But essentially, you heard about the Powerball 1.9 billion yeah. yesterday, and there was the whole issues of what happened with that. There was problems. Chainlink verifiable randomness um, allows you to get a random number that anyone in the world can verifiably prove it was random and can be done on a blockchain. So if you're over halfway around the world, you can verify that that was the exact draw. You can verify that was totally random and no one can tamper with those results. So things like that, we're just in such early phases um, with, with Web3. I think that's going to be something as well that's super exciting. Um, but uh, in addition, we have a product for um, uh, automating reserves and, and audits, automated audits of um, uh, things like a stable coin if they have um, set reserves a lot of stable coins or some stable coins, you don't know, are they actually backed? This is kind of a black <laughs> box. We have a solution that you can actually transparently deploy to show, yes, we have X backing that we have um, verified. And then lastly, the product that I'm really interested in a lot uh, myself is Chainlink Automation, which solves another fundamental problem of smart contracts and allows you to unlock more advanced use cases like dynamic NFTs and uh, automated DeFi and uh, various different um, automated components of, of smart contracts that uh, kind of is, is super appealing to the masses and the mass user, um, whereby you don't need to uh, get in and actually uh, directly interact with the smart contract. Things can be automated for you. So. That's kind of a quick overview of, of Chainlink um, and Chainlink Labs. And yeah, it's it's very exciting time uh, for us and for myself. Yeah, it's incredible to hear about all the different things that you guys are working on and your size. I mean, having hundreds of people on your team must make you one of the top, top three, top five Web3 startups out there. So congrats. That's super exciting to hear. Uh, and also, it's super it's what my earlier comment on it's the Zapier. Zapier is no code. It's more like Chainlink is like the Zapier for devs, right? Like it's for <laughs> devs to connect all this stuff for the 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 really smart people that understand the deep of blockchain and the potential of what we can do with it. And so you mentioned dynamic NFTs. Now that was the main reason why we wanted to have you on the show today was because you actually put out a tweet uh, a while ago about dynamic NFTs and the use cases around those. Uh, so would love to really un dive into that. First, let's start out. What what are dynamic NFTs? What do you mean by that? I mean, lingo is so difficult to follow. I feel like 
you know, one, one day we have every day we have a new, you know, PBT, DNFT, all these new <laughs> terms. So maybe you can just define dynamic NFTs for us. And then let's jump into some of the use cases for that and break those down. Absolutely. This is a topic that's super exciting to me as well, because again, the possibilities for the future and because for myself and for many others, it kind of appeals to me as this is a use case that can bring benefit to people. Um, so let's start start with dynamic NFTs. So NFTs themselves, um, a static NFT is what probably most people are familiar with. And that could be like a CryptoPunk, um, whereby, you know, or uh, I think recently there was a NFT image of a Ethereum rock that sold for like $150,000. <laughs> so I, I think that's what people... And those take up all the, the, the news articles as people mm -hmm. see, you know, rock sells for six figures. And it's kind of like, <laughs> this is a crazy space, right? Like what, what, what's achieved here? Um, so I think static NFTs are what a lot of people know NFTs for. Um, and that's great. That's fantastic. There are some really cool uh, use cases there. And it's also, you know, very beneficial to, um, all sorts of different people, artists, uh, especially musicians. Um, but the difference with static NFTs is that they don't change. So your NFT of a picture of a rock is a picture of a rock. Dynamic NFTs uh, are NFTs that can actually change based on external conditions and can actually update their metadata or essentially the data within the NFT based on some sort of conditions um, that are pre-programmed into that NFT. Um, so what type of conditions you may be thinking? Well, we're still, again, in the very early stages of, of figuring this out. But um, as an example, you could have uh, an NFT of a, uh, you know, uh, let's just say I like to take the example that a colleague of mine uses, which is a Pokemon card. So the static Pokemon card, um, uh, the initial stage of it, it's uh, its own NFT. But what if that could evolve? So what if after, you know, X conditions, after you've, uh, you know, traded it 10 times after you have, um waited X amount of time or you've done something else, what if it could evolve into the next stage um, and then evolve again and change again? That is a dynamic NFT. Um, dynamic in that it's dynamic and changing. Um, and the use cases are really infinite at this point. Um, I got a question. Is it evolving based off of like things that are happening, whether that be in the real world or on chain? Uh, like I, I'm thinking of a game, right? Or like you said, Pokemon, uh, where you know your Charmander, for example, evolves into a Charizard. I used to be a Pokemon yeah. person in my younger days, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like this. But like, let's say you, I don't know, win some battles or you do whatever, you do certain things, and then all of a sudden, the it's it's updating uh, as a result of you winning X amount of fights or whatever. Is that kind of how that how it could work? That's exactly it. And and we're starting to see people build that now. So we're starting to see you can build, like if you're building a blockchain game, you can use dynamic NFTs where your character 
if you win, you know, X battles or whatever your game entails, it evolves, it changes uh, automatically. Um, and that could be either on-chain conditions or if it's off-chain conditions, then uh, you're, as a developer, you can use Chainlink and you can connect to that off-chain data. So we have someone who recently built a dynamic NFT and um, there's a tutorial for this where based on the price of uh, Ethereum, the NFT will either change to red or green or totally change appearance. <laughs> of <So> course. <laughs> you're nice. kind of combining things where you have, you know, talk, looking at real world data, and then you are also automating that so that it changes based on those conditions happening. And that's kind of a, it's just kind of a simple, cool example. Um, but then as we start going down deeper and deeper, and now that we have the, the foundational technology to build more cool stuff, you can go from like Pokemon evolving and gaming to what about like your vehicle? What about your house? Um, what about a loyalty rewards card that actually is a dynamic NFT and updates from bronze, silver, gold, platinum based on the amount of dollars that you've spent at that mm. location? Is I haven't it just, seen that yet, but it's is coming. It, just, it sounds super cool, but just a quick question. Is it just the image that can update that is dynamic or what about the like um, – any of the other metadata, maybe it's traits or it's, you know, other things like that. Can that also be like dynamic? Yeah. Great question. So that metadata can update as well. Um, so not just the, the image and the visual of it, like going from a uh, Charmander to Charizard, but the actual <laughs> stats, the actual, uh, you know, the, the critical hit ratio, if you're in a game, um, all of that can update dynamically with that NFT according to whatever conditions are pre-programmed uh, into it. So, yeah, it's it's so, opens so up really a lot what, of possibilities. What this what this can do is is it's not just about changing the image, although that is exciting Part and fun with your Ethereum example. But more than that, it's the tracking of the data connected to your activity, which. In the past, I mean, you couldn't it was you you couldn't authenticate it in the same way. You couldn't track the history in the same way, right? Yeah. Whereas now you have this ability to to see it all on chain and to see these are the steps you took to get from point point A to point B, and it's verifiable and it's trustless. Whereas before, I mean, I don't I never played Pokemon, but I feel like you could probably <laughs> just say you moved from a from a Charizard to a Charman or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, exactly I, it. I, I want to understand what you mean by a car or a house. Cause honestly, I, I haven't wrapped my head around that, but first uh, I have an idea. And I think um, that we are all in Canada. We are all near, we are all near uh, Toronto. Michael, are you a Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs fan? Huge. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Toronto police organization. We're going to get them to launch some NFTs. And whenever they play their home games, the jerseys will be in blue. And whenever they play away games, the jerseys will be in white, or I don't know which way it goes, but however, but it'll change whenever they're playing on the opposite. Cause you know, they change their jerseys. I want my nice. NFT to match that. So this nice. is, we're going to the Leafs and we're going to get them in the NFTs. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm in. Let's do it. I love it. Love it. Okay, okay, tell us about cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just makes sense. 
Yeah, cars cars are cars are interesting. You could have, for example, your car uh, uh, as an NFT, and the metadata for your car is updated uh, according to whatever various different uh, changes happen with the car. Um, and then, to your point earlier, uh, using the power of blockchain and you know the the transparency and the um, immutability of blockchain so that no one can go in and, and just roll back the odometer on you. <laughs> it, it's it's in the blockchain permanently. It's there. Um, and there are certainly different, various different challenges um, uh, to, to get something like that up and running um, totally fluently. But we're getting there, absolutely getting there. And with a car, you know, like I, I mentioned, uh, various different things, even uh, like in the example I gave, your Tesla showing its service records, um, mm-hmm. its, its uh, kilometers, if there's any damage history on the vehicle, uh, things extrapolated from like a database like a Carfax, uh, now in an NFT's metadata on the blockchain that everyone can see. And those things, I think, are if we can get people excited in building and experimenting with how we get that to the mass market, um, you're going to see a huge wave of utility and and advancement and benefit to you and I um, Mm -hmm. versus just like one hundred fifty thousand dollar rock. So that's (laughs) that's kind of what's exciting. Um, And that's uh, an, an example that people are interested in and. Um, then there's a lot of things you can do in addition to that if you tokenize a real world asset like a vehicle or a house. Um, I think things even like uh, uh, having your vehicle as collateral for a loan, um, mm-hmm. trading or, or selling your, your tokenized real world asset um, instantly on the blockchain to anyone in the world with no mm-hmm. intermediaries. Like that's the zero to one mm-hmm. uh, benefit that I'm super excited if we can get to that point, and I think we will. So you're saying that the NFT is basically like a physical backed token, right, of your car. Let's say it's that, but it also takes all the real data from what's happening in the real world with your car, and it's pulling it to update the data on the NFT, so that if you were to sell it or you were to use it as collateral. Uh, it could get a real value of it because it knows how much kilometers are on the car and what accidents it's been in and what services it's had. And, you know, I don't know, all the, whatever other data it's going to have. Whoever other that... owners there's been, right? Right. Like there's been right. three owners and one lived in this place. and Right, right. It lived in Toronto where it has snow and salt. Where it has snow and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, rust. And, oh, it actually spent its whole life in Florida, which is much better. <laughs> yeah. So all those things are, are totally possible and in the realm of possibility for the space. And um, it just comes down to, honestly, I think, even talking with with uh, some of my friends in the space and other people, there are even a lot of uh, regulatory and legal hurdles right now with stuff like that. But um, we'll get there. Um, it's just a matter of getting people inspired. And I think people watching uh, your guys' show are, are the exact kind of people that will be inspired to kind of go after these things. And, um, you know, the world is your oyster if you are passionate and do that.
Well, I mean, it makes complete sense because especially the way when you look at like a Tesla versus any other car, it's basically a computer on wheels, right? It's not Mm -hmm. a car anymore. It's just this, it is literally a computer. And so it has, everything is data. It's just a piece of software that you can update anything on it. And so it makes sense to be able to then pull that data into an NFT uh, or into that, that kind of metadata. That's extremely, extremely smart. I like that. What about, Jay, you had a question? I was just going to say that what, what we need to do though, is we have to be careful about the language like I almost feel like we shouldn't call these NFTs, you know, no, because it, that that just makes people be like, well, why the fuck would it be an NFT? I don't need a JPEG of my Tesla. Like, what does that do for me? Right? Like flip table, point. get angry, get upset. It needs to be. It needs. I don't know what to call it. Like I don't. You know, I want to put on my. And we don't need to do that now. But like I want to put on my branding mind and explain this to people as this is. This is just the ability to take your physical asset and track the data connected to your physical asset in a immutable way so that it's, it's, it's trustless and it's provable and you can know exactly what happened to that physical asset throughout its life. And, and then also enable you to, as you said, to sell it or trade it or get collateral for it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's fascinating. What's even cooler with a Tesla is you could sell it, like let's say on OpenSea, someone buys it and the Tesla can drive itself to their house. You don't even have to come and look at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a great point. I think uh, it's just, it's super fascinating what's possible and um, let's see what, uh, what comes next of it. So you also mentioned, so there's car, you said house. I think both of those kind of make sense. Uh, and I think we can wrap our head around both of those. You said retail stores. Um, walk me through a little bit about what you mean on that one. Yeah, retail stores is an interesting one. I think also fairly low, low-hanging fruit use case with uh, loyalty rewards programs. Um, and I think... One uh, one who's done great in this space, uh, Starbucks, their loyalty reward program with their app and everything else, I think have done a great job of it. And um, there's opportunity for just further, um, I guess, enhancement of programs like that using dynamic NFTs. Um, and that could be as simple as if you uh, are a member for X amount of time, or if you visit X number of stores across whatever geography, um, any kind of number of conditions that you want to place, um, you could then allow that to level up the dynamic NFT and leveling up that from a basic membership to an advanced to a platinum um, enables different um, benefits to, Mm -hmm. to the customer. And that can all be totally transparent, uh, again, using uh, blockchain and technology that uh, just enables more advanced use cases like that. So I think, again, with the uh, with these types of programs, we need to see one big player take off and use this in a good way. Um, and then many others will, will follow suit. But there's massive benefits to be had. What stage are we at? And it's like, I know you said we're still in the sandbox. We're still building and, and no one has really done it all that much yet. But if someone wants to, let's say I want to create a dynamic NFT for, I don't know, whatever. 
like, is there a tool that I could just go and use or do I have to just go and like build this whole idea from scratch essentially? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, there's tons of tools. Um, I think uh, there's tons of great tutorials out there available. Uh, we put on these hackathons uh, usually uh, twice a year and also have various different tutorials, YouTube channels, etc. And then we and many other um, platforms and, and projects in this space uh, have technology and infrastructure that allows developers to pick things up and, and make things like dynamic NFTs very easily. Um, so I think as we solve some of the key fundamental problems of blockchains, like we talked earlier, getting data onto blockchains using Chainlink, and automating smart contracts using Chainlink, um, it just makes the um, it makes it easier for the builder, or developer, or, or even people with an idea who want to uh, uh, build a dynamic NFT. Makes it that much that much easier when you have all this tooling at your hands and infrastructure at your hands. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so uh, I, I just I just want to like deep bow to you and the Chainlink <laughs> team. Because this is exactly what we need. My mind is racing with the use cases here. I mean, I, nice. I I feel like I've said it so many times. I have been with my telecom com company for like two decades, for like 20 years, maybe even more, maybe 25 years. I haven't got a single thing from it. I'll, I'll get <laughs> anything. Like, come on, give me, you know, like recognize the fact that I've been with you for this long and give me some loyalty. You know, so when you mentioned like visiting stores, like all these things make so much sense for so many businesses to, and this is what we talk about on the show so much is the importance of, I think a lot of people look at Web3 and they look at blockchain and they just think, oh, it's just, it's just speculation. It's just making money, right? It's just investment. That's all it is. But no, this actually is an opportunity for you to make your business better for your customers, right? For you to make it more fun for your customers, more engaging for your customers, and to to make your customers feel more involved in your product, in your business. So yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. Uh, I'm going to be using Chainlink for sure uh, in the future. <laughs> Kai, before, before we get to speed round, do you have uh, any, other, uh, any other questions? No, I'm not sure it's a question, but the only thing I think about here is just the more you start to learn and, and realize about the internet of things and how everything is going online, like everything from, you said, walking into stores. If you've ever seen like the new grocery stores that Amazon's doing, uh, it's next level. Like you just walk in, you grab the things off the shelf and as it goes into the cart, it already like puts it into your like your checkout or your your online cart and you just walk out of the store and just auto pays for you. Uh, like all these things. There's just so much data when you have the internet of things. And then to be able to pull that onto the blockchain and like feed that into the blockchain so that you can do things and interact with NFTs or payments um, and all that, I think it's just, it's it's actually, it's incredible. Um, and so, I mean, we need Chainlink in order for all that to happen. That's what I'm realizing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, I just realized when we, talk, when we talked about the sports uh, analogy earlier with uh, the Maple Leafs, aren't you guys working with some major sports franchises like uh isn't Chainlink partnered with the uh, new england patriots on the nfl side building some stuff there i saw is that am i, yeah, am I getting so that right we are we are with or we did a very cool dynamic nft with uh lamello ball who was oh, yeah? the uh, uh rookie of the year for the nba uh 2021 mm -hmm. uh, i believe 
And with that dynamic NFT, it's kind of back to what we were talking about earlier. Like if you imagine like a trading card NFT that has the player with their stats and, um, you know, what happens in five years down the road, that card doesn't have their latest stats. Well, with the dynamic NFT, you can actually update so that, you know, oh, this person's, uh, you know, has this uh, Rookie of the Year award or the MVP award to the NFT and all their statistics. And there's just kind of various cool different things that you can then do um, with, with, with that. And so we did that with LaMelo Ball. We also did one with the uh, Australian Open, mm. um, whereby every, uh, every NFT gave you the right to one particular spot uh, on the court. And if there was a winning shot, like the last shot of the game, bounced off your square, I think it was like a 10 by 10 centimeter or something, um, then your NFT would update. And uh, you know, you'd have additional uh, privileges or win potential rewards, <laughs> all sorts of different cool stuff. Um, so yeah, those are just a few examples, but again, just we're scratching the surface of what's possible. There's so much more that can potentially be possible. Um, and it's just really a matter of, uh, as you mentioned earlier, like, you know, every brand I think will need to have an NFT or a web three strategy, similar to how everyone had an AI strategy and an internet strategy and all these new disruptive technologies, you got to have a strategy. Some will just slightly dabble in it. Um, they're not going to be massively impacted, but some will find a way to use it to their advantage and have a massive win. Um, and, and so I think uh, learning about that technology and, and implementing it with, with uh, major brands, major brands getting in and experimenting is, is always going to be good for this space and for everything as a whole. You guys uh, also used to go to Blue Jays games, I assume, since we're all here from Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Blue Jays games where if they get enough runs or something, you get a free, free pizza. pizza. Yeah. That's okay. Pizza, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> this just made me think the annoying thing about that is, I mean, I have to just throw out my ticket, right? These little paper tickets that you get or you lose them or whatever. And then you can't get your free pizza. And also, if you happen to leave the game early, you don't know if they've gotten that. You got to go to your Sportsnet app or whatever. But if it's a dynamic NFT, you could just open up your wallet. Maybe the NFT changes and has like a little some confetti that, hey, you've won yourself your pizza. And then you can just go into your pizza pizza uh, and grab yourself your, your free slice. You know, uh, you don't have to deal with going to multiple apps to check things, saving your stupid paper ticket. Um, okay, it all makes sense. I love it. Yes, NFTs, that's I'm totally it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the type of thing that excites me. I think that's everyone that I've talked to those are the types of things that excites people because again, it's more than just like, okay, cool. I had a, a really fancy, you know, six figure avatar on Twitter. Right. It's no, like this is something that that's going to provide a benefit to me and who knows what else, you know, additional things you could build on top of that that would provide more benefit. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool example. Yeah. I just love that you keep saying like real world utility, which is, probably the most overused word in the NFT space, but like we're going to create real value that actually matters. And I've just got to take a second here to steal the mic for a a shill on our side is you also said that everybody needs 
their Web3 or blockchain strategy. And if you need help with your Web3 or blockchain strategy and you're listening to this show, we do that with Impact3, which is one of our agencies that we run on the side. So if you need help, give Kyle or Jay a call. We'd love to do a consultation with you and help you out with that. So that's my show. Let's give let's give Michael a chance. Michael, give us give us your show on Chainlink or where people can find you online. Uh, no doubt, lots of people are going to want to reach out after this show because there's so much good good stuff here. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chain.link is the main website for for Chainlink, and you can kind of poke around there and find anything uh, that is of interest to you. All of our different products, use cases, uh, everything else. Um, and then myself, I'm on Twitter, Twitter as well. Um, happy to uh, to chat with anyone who has further questions or is interested in anything on dynamic NFTs, hackathons. You know how to get into this space. Um, happy to uh, happy to connect for sure. Sweet, I love it. Okay, let's do a speed round. Let's learn a little bit about Michael here. Start off. What is an NFT you'll never sell? NFT I'll never sell. Um, I bought this NFT called the Polychain Monster, and it was uh, this part of this kind of gaming project. They used Chainlink, a Chainlink service um, called Chainlink VRF, the, the randomness uh, number generator that I mentioned earlier. And when you mint the NFT to uh, determine the trace of the NFT, it uses this randomness uh, generator so that your traits are, um, you know, whatever traits you get are verifiably random. And mm -hmm. sometimes you can get lucky, sometimes you don't. Um, so the first one that I got, I had, I think, like the most common traits and it was worth obviously not very much, but it's an NFT that I'll always keep forever because it was it was very cool to to see um, an NFT game project and then using Chainlink technology um as part of the the minting process and uh yeah it's one i'll always keep awesome that's awesome okay something you've purchased recently for under 100 dollars that brings you joy so i purchased a standing uh phone and watch charger um <laughs> that goes beside your bed for 30 bucks on amazon and it was absolutely nice. well worth every penny. So nice. you don't have a million cords everywhere. And nice. it's just super, super convenient. Good is, Christmas gift for anyone who's uh, thinking that about good. that stuff. Is it, the, is it the wooden one? Is it the wooden one? No, it's not. It's okay, okay. Smaller. It's a plastic one. But yeah. Michael is all about uh, real world utility in more ways than one, clearly. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, last question. If you had a billboard that 1 billion people were going to see, what would you write on it? Truth over trust. Hmm. And that is kind of a, a chain link, um, I don't want to say slogan, but chain link phrase. And it's one that I take to heart. Um, and it can kind of mean whatever you want it to mean. But really, uh, to, to myself and many others, it means trusting the, the truth of things like blockchains and cryptography and verifiable truth versus just placing your trust in something. So um, versus placing your trust in 
you know, uh, the typical previous to Web3 world that we lived in. Um, I think that's something that uh, I would put on a billboard and hope that a billion people see it because as a marketer, you complete my job for uh, the next many years to come. That would be amazing. <laughs> no problem. We just got to onboard a billion people to Web3 first and then uh, we'll, we'll get yeah, we'll yeah. get that billboard out there in front of yeah. us. <laughs> um, nice awesome well this has just been a blast thanks so much for coming on the show michael thanks everybody for listening in and uh we'll catch you next time thanks so much jay and kyle for having me it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to web3 academy we hope this helps you along your web3 journey if it does please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one nothing in this podcast was financial advice crypto and web3 can be risky you can literally lose it all in fact if you invest on account of what we say you probably will lose it all so don't do that in all honesty the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway so you should not take any of this as financial advice thank you friends and see you in the next one